Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Irrational Thoughts Podcast. Thank you all for joining us for round two. And if you're a new listener, welcome. I am Matthew Corser, and I'm here with my friend. DeAndre Honorable, his co-star. So, we want to we wanna bring up the next topic, the big topic that happened this week, week which was, was the Republican debate. Okay, so... Um, this one was a little bit different than the last one in regards to how the way that this went out for Donald Trump. That's how I'd like to start this off. Do you disagree? No, that's fine. We can talk about Donald Trump. So still, still the front runner in most of the polls. Most of the polls, Donald Trump is still the front runner. Yes. Um, but the big difference with Donald Trump was screen time. He didn't get as much screen time as he did before. I think if I remember correctly, he was in the bottom half. It was like fourth or fifth as far as talking time goes, which is way below what he was getting beforehand. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty it's pretty obvious as to why that was the case. In the first two debates, uh, everybody was basically trying to out-Trump Trump. You know, every single time that something would come up, they would always try to attack him, be harassing towards him. Um, particularly like Ron Paul, I mean, excuse me, Rand Paul and Jeb Bush, they would both try to attack him and stuff like that. And all that would do is just give him more time to shine, just from what it seemed to me what was going on in the last two debates. Whereas this one is way different. He's not getting as much time because the, the candidates seem to be avoiding talking about him on stage so that way he doesn't get more time to respond against him. Which is a viable strategy, because he thrives off the attacks, he thrives off his big, boisterous claims, building a wall, attacking people. Like, even the second debate, he was saying, like, I don't, I've never attacked Rand Paul for his appearance, but I could. Like, he thrives off that. Right. And the people who have attacked Donald Trump the hardest, Rand Paul and Jeb Bush, I mean, you can look at, they're both in the bottom two as far as speaking time goes. It's kind of indicative of their polling status, like Jeb and, Jeb and Rand are not doing well. Yeah, and it's crazy when you think about it because both Rand and Bush, when they first announced, they were looking like pretty promising candidates um, mm-hmm. when they decided that they wanted to attack Donald Trump. And he kind of, it's kind of like if you attack him, particularly at the debate, he sets like this stigma, this like negative view that the audience kind of can't like get out of, or the party can't get their mental image out of the, the view that he's self-imposed. He's such a negative candidate. Like, I will give Jeb Bush that credit. He said, Donald Trump is a negative candidate. He keeps talking about how America's a bunch of losers, we don't win anymore, all the politicians are idiots, which they may be idiots, but I would not call most of the politicians stupid people. They, they can make, you can be an educated idiot. And that's what a lot of people in Washington are. They're educated idiots. They're not stupid. But he's just got such a negative view of everything. And he thrives off it when you attack him. Because he's, he's, he's an entertainer. He knows how to entertain. And he has a response for anything you throw at him. Like, oh, I didn't say that. Yeah, you kind of did. No, I didn't. You got your facts wrong. Like, that's what he said. Even when the facts were there. Like when um, Becky Quick said, you called Marco Rubio... Mark Zuckerberg's personal senator. I never said that. Well, where do we get that information? I don't know. You guys do the fact-checking. 
we checked that fact out, and even Becky Quick brought it up later, that it's on his website. As of Friday, no, this is Friday, I'm sorry. As of Thursday night, it's still on his website. That he said, whether he said it or someone who works for him said it, it's on DonaldJTrump.org. So he is obviously either oblivious to that fact or he's just straight up lying. Yeah, either way, it was an attack towards the, it was an attack towards the moderator. So he's basically yeah. trying to imply that these moderators are making up stuff about him to try to give him a negative light, when in reality they didn't even write any of the you know the negative press that he was supposed the supposed negative things that they were um, confronting him about. And of course he wanted to he wanted to try to take it as like you know, all these like this is gonna this is obviously the moderators trying to attack me in my campaign and uh, take on, you know, try to get a negative view towards me at the moment, which that, which obviously wasn't the case. They were just asking him a reasonable question in my opinion. Yeah, which he's been, he's turned on the media pretty quickly. He's been basking in their light and all. The, he's pretty much got free publicity from them since he's announced. Which is why he's, because, in terms of uh, candidates, I think he spends kind of the least amount at the moment because the media basically does all the work for him. Which, speaking of how much he spends, we wanted to get into this claim that he said his campaign was 100% self-funded. He is fun putting all of his money into his campaign, but that is a lie. We checked it out ourselves, factcheck.org, and more than half of his money from his campaign as raised has come from supporters. Do you think what, – what do you think happens to those Make America Great – Hats. Where, where's the money go for that? Right. I'm sure it doesn't go to some charity. I'm sure Donald Trump uses you it. You go to the man's website. The first thing that one of the first things you'll see right there, besides an obviously great picture of Donald Trump on the front, is a donate button right there to donate money to his campaign. Now, how much of yeah. that money he actually is using towards the campaign? Um, you know, fact check that or says about fifty percent. I, I, we obviously have no access to those type of accounting records, but I would assume that he's not going to use most of his wealth on something that's still premature, you know, the whole time tide of the, the, the Republican Party and the, the race and everything can turn around tomorrow, hypothetically. Yeah, he's not stupid. He's not going to spend his own money if he doesn't have to. He may he may bash super PACs, and he may he he doesn't need a super PAC. But if Joe Schmo is going to chip in a hundred dollars, he's not going to say no to that money. He's, he's going to take as much of campaign donations as he can. Claim he's self-funded because he doesn't have a super PAC, which is misleading the audience. But it's, it's politics. You're supposed to mislead the audience, anyways. So I think we've pretty much hit that point home. There's not a whole lot to talk about there. What I want to talk about was a good point you brought up when he came after Kasich about the Lehman's brothers, saying that he was there till the end and helped bring Lehman brothers down, which you did some research on that. Would you like to tell us about that? Yeah, we did a little bit of research. Um, I'm unfortunately at the moment missing the exact source where it came from, but it says, um, but the source, I think, I believe, if I'm uh, not um, mistaken that it was from uh, politifact.com. I think that's where you yeah. got it. And it basically says, Kasich never served on the company board and was not a managing general partner. Rather, he worked in a two-person office in Columbus as one of several hundred, hundred managing directors for the firm. Um, so basically what that's saying right there is that in terms of like the 
control over the company and what direction it was going to going towards uh Kasich had absolutely no say in what was going on at Lehman Brothers. No. Yeah, he he was not directing that ship into the iceberg. He was just working below deck making working paycheck to paycheck. I mean sure he wasn't working paycheck to paycheck. But he was just working. Sure he had a nice salary. Um, yeah, but yeah, he definitely wasn't in control of of anything like that. Like I said, like I said, he's one of several hundred uh, managing directors. Um, so that's a pretty, you know, his power at that point is pretty diluted uh, under several hundred individuals. But even though even though it's not true, how many people do you think actually did their research to make sure it was actually true? Right. right. Like it just makes Kasich look bad, yeah. which is unfortunate. Right. And in regards to case, I mean, in regards to Kasich. I, I really like Kasich for the most part. He seems to be a pretty reasonable guy. Um, he doesn't really go around saying a lot of negative stuff. I don't think I've seen him, particularly at the debate, say anything negative about others. And much like he complained about the moderators on, uh, on Wednesday about their, their direction and stuff and the questions that they're asking. But, you know, some of that was fair for him to ask and for him to bring up the way that they brought up the questions and stuff like that, particularly at the beginning of the debate about how this was uh, a comic book presidency run was really a, was an unfair approach towards Donald Trump. Yeah, that was not cool. I that When we first got done watching that debate, we were like, no, the moderators did a good job. They did a good job, which overall, I think they did a, they did a pretty decent job, but there were some questionable statements and questions they did ask which we'll get into more a little bit depth later on in the episode i kind of want to take this point to move on to marco rubio if that's okay with yeah, you perfectly fine with me marco rubio um kind of had a shiny night wednesday he did really well like that was if he wins the presidency next year you will be able to come back and pinpoint it to that night because that was his standout moment so far this campaign mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly about any of the candidates on stage, he just had such a more dominating presence mm-hmm. that night. Um, you know, of of them all up there, he like you said before, he sounded the most He did. He he presented himself really well. He's and this shouldn't matter, but he's a good looking guy. He's very well spoken. He's very intelligent. He's come a long way in his short. I mean, he's been a politician his whole life, but. As far as at the federal level, he's come a long way really quickly in his short senator political life, and he he sounded really well. I mean, I don't agree with Marco Rubio on a lot of his policies, but he he, he did really well last night. And uh, we we have to talk about Rubio and Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush, that foolish foolish attempt to call Marco Rubio out for which it's a fair point, calling him out for not showing up for work. But Rubio put Jeb Bush in his place, and I was embarrassed for Jeb Bush because you could tell he did not want to do that attack. But it was easy. I mean, it didn't turn out well for Bush, but it was easy, and it was Bush's attempt to elevate himself up in the debate, and he fell flat on his face. Definitely so. So what happened was, uh, like you said, uh, Marco Rubio has obviously has been a he did not know missing quite a few votes in the Senate. Um, mm-hmm. And then Jeb Bush basically tried to tell him that he was elected, he's a public official, and that he needs to do either one of two things. He either needs to show up to work or he needs to resign so somebody else can take his place and make those votes happen for his constituents. 
And uh, Marco Rubio did a very, very good job at um, keeping it, keeping this cool and kind of turning that around on uh, on Jeb Bush pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You want to go in, in more detail about that? Yeah, he pretty much said, like, someone has told you that attacking me is the best option for your campaign right now. You're only attacking me because we're going for the same job. I mean, Jeb Bush is Marco Rubio's mentor, Rubio his protege. And the protege showed his mentor up last night, which it is a valid point that he missed a lot of votes. And he pretty much dodged that question by saying other people have missed more work than I have. And they're like Barack Obama did miss 60 to 70 percent of his votes. John Kerry missed close to 60 to 70 percent of his votes. Bob Graham missed over 30 percent of his votes. He's pretty much saying other people have done it and they rose up. Why can't I do it? Which that's not a good point but at least in his defense he did do his homework because we were both expecting him to say Barack Obama didn't miss all those votes John Kerry didn't miss all those votes and we did our research and oh yep yep he was right it wasn't even just John Kerry we did a little bit more research on the side and um you know even back in 2008 um McCain missed quite a few votes as well when he when he was running for office which which Rubio brought that point up to Bush because Bush was saying he's trying to run his campaign like McCain and he threw that back uh, at Bush. Bush. He threw at him and he turned yep. to cut Jeb Bush off right away. He went right back. Mm-hmm. More fact check, fact check right there. So um, I thought that was really good. The other thing that he was really good at, you know, just for the whole night, he just seemed to have all his. He just seemed to have his homework down pat. You know, even the part where he talked about there are more small businesses closing and opening for the first time in 35 years. Um, mm-hmm. Again, um, I was just expecting that just to be completely false. I was expecting that to be kind of something that he just made up on the fly. Um, but no, we did our check. We did some check looking around digging, and yeah, um, Marco Rubio was right again for the first time in 35 years. More small businesses have been closing than opening in 35 years. I mean, that's it just shows you that he is really trying to take he's trying he's trying to take this a lot more serious. Um, and he's trying to set a president that uh, if you vote for me, you're gonna have a candidate up there who's gonna go against Hillary or whoever else gets gets the nominee more than likely Hillary at this point. It'll be, it'll um, be Hillary. But that he's gonna have this information and he's gonna be able to go toe to toe with him. I I think Marco Rubio is gonna get the nomination next year. Yeah. He's the most he has the most mass appeal out of all the candidates in a general election. I personally think John Kasich personally has more appeal, but I don't think he's going to get enough support from from the right, the far right in Iowa. He might be able to win in New Hampshire if he does, if he keeps going. But he's Marco Rubio will probably be the nominee next year. You heard it. You heard it here first on the Irrational Thoughts podcast. We call we're calling it right now. Marco Rubio is going to get this more than likely going to get the nominee. At least that's what it's looking like today. Now, don't yes. get us wrong. Um, we don't, Things we don't, could change. change. You know, back um, in 2008, um, what was going on is that at about this time, Hillary Clinton, without doing Barack Obama at this point, and we all know how that yep. came. Barack Obama is currently the president, and Hillary is not. So, it's not set in stone. No, it's definitely not. But, but if you look, if you compare him to the rest of them up there, I mean... When you have Trump and Carson as your front runners, 
Um, yeah, I think she's starting to slip. She's kind of a flash in the pan uh, moment after the second debate. Yep. Like and Chris Christie, Huckabee, Cruz. Which we'll get into all of those later. Would you do you want to move on to Ben Carson now? Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's great. Let's move on to Ben Carson. And, um, <laughs> Sleepy Ben. Sleepy ben. Where, do we even yeah. start? Where do we even start on Ben Carson? Um, I think I want to start off with the most ridiculous claim of his is the tax proposal. The tithing. The tithing. Yes, so let's talk about that. He said tax. Was it the first I or the second? I have one of those. Not important. Um, he basically said that a 10% tax rate um, is okay because um, God, God does tithing and God seems to be like a fair fair individual. Um, so why don't yep. we just spread that across the nation? Um, and then the yep. moderator confronted him about that saying that he would not be able to raise nearly enough money to even come close to what we are paying in taxes today. Which, at the moment, for 2016, it is looking like we are, from the Office of Management and Budget, it looks like we are going to be paying $3.5 trillion in taxes this year. With Ben Carson's plan of tithing, we would be bringing in um, $1.1 trillion. Is the $3.5 trillion with the 10%? Or was that with his adjusted 15%? In 2015. The yes, 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 the you're 1. right. 1.1 is the tithing. So if you up that, yes, up, my another, bad. If you up that up another 5%, so basically just double the 1.1, um, we'd still only be looking at about like 1.6, 1.7 trillion dollars. Nowhere near what we actually need, which is actually the spending that the government is going to be spending is going to be $4 trillion in 2016, by end 2016. So he's not even coming close to what we're actually no. going to need. And then he tried coming back and saying that he was going to have 15% on corporate tax and that would make up the rest of the money, which we were unable to verify whether that would do it or not. But if I'm not mistaken, Carson's the only... Republican candidate right now who doesn't have a tax plan. Hmm. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think he has a tax plan. If, 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 if this is it, then this is obviously not even remotely and feasible. That, that's an, That's another thing. Like you knew that this debate was going to be economics. It was going to be about the economy, about tax plans. This is what they talked about all debate. Why didn't you at least come prepared to talk about your tax plan? Ted Cruz talked about his tax plan. Jeb Bush talked about his tax plan. Donald Trump talked about his tax plan. Why did he, Ben Carson not come up with a tax plan? Well, because he was too busy doing a book tour. He didn't have time to campaign. And it's ridiculous because if you're running, I mean, particularly for the Republican Party, the, they love talking about that. That stuff is very important. And in general, it's important. It's important all around. And it's particularly important, especially if you're coming to this idea, this kind of religious idea that they're going to tax everybody 10% and not even be close to it. I mean, if he were to even just be the 15%, he'd have to cut the government spending by over 40% just to equal, even equal the current deficit. So that's still a makes about debt. Yeah, it makes it about $3 million to break even. And, like, where is he going to cut this $3 trillion? Right. 
who's well he already talked about how he wants to cut medicaid and social security yeah. oh great that's not might, sure that's might, cool. might as well just start there so, but we won't, we'll leave that to another time. So, what we'll talk about what we type of programs and stuff shouldn't be in the government and what programs should be in the government. Um, you did a little bit more, yeah. a little bit more digging. I, I, I don't think neither of us had a lot of time to really look into it, but in terms of Manatech. Mm-hmm. Manatech? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, this Manatech company uses, it's like a, nutritional supplements that supposedly you like ben carson says that it uses all natural ingredients like god put these natural ingredients on this earth and they use natural ingredients why not use this this manatech company claims that their product cures autism and cancer lou gehrig's disease parkinson's like so if you take this you will live forever and everything will be cured is basically what this company says they settled a suit with Texas over their false advertising because, obviously, if this stuff cured cancer, why isn't everybody taking it? That might and add, the moderator that might add according no, to the Wall Street Journal, Manitech has blamed on their unsalaried independent associates for violating their 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 claims and policy. But I apologize for interrupting. No, that's fine. But and that's an easy out. Like like Trump complaining about the the tweet that he had last week complaining about Iowa. Oh, that was an intern who did that. Like, there's a scapegoat for everything. Right. And then so the moderator asked him, like, you have an association with these this company for ten years. You kept an association with them, a business relationship with them, even after the controversy. What does this say about your judgment? And he got defensive. I never had a business relationship with them. I just did a few speeches for them. I mean, it's just still a great product. I take it today, but I didn't have any business with them. He's not. He did a ton of paid speeches for them. His he was all over their website. He was pretty much their spokesperson for a long time, unofficially. Yeah, unofficially their spokesman. And all the videos that are have him promoting Manatech, most of them are off YouTube now after this and he's like that's an unfair question i'm not associated with them i never been associated with them like you were associated with them and another point i brought up to you a better answer for him would have been because they asked like how about your judgment like you obviously made a bad decision associated with this company that lied to the public about what their product can do how can we trust you to make good judgments as the president a better answer would have been look I thought it was a good product. I made a mistake. I won't do it again. I've learned from my mistake. Not going to happen. Saying that, I can, you know, obviously you made a bad decision. Everyone makes bad decisions in their life. That's that's a better excuse than just lying about it. Flat out lying about your association with them. Like, obviously, if you think it's such a great product, why don't you stand behind them? Yeah, a much better response in my mind would have been, you know, yeah, just like you said, um, I did have an association with them. I didn't understand. I didn't really take the time to look into it. But as president of the United States, I'm gonna learn. I learned from my mistakes, and I and I make steps forward. I don't make I don't make excuses. Which is looks like essentially yeah. what he did. All he did was making. You know, well, he didn't make. Yeah. He made. He lied. <laughs> he just. Yeah, he, he lied. And then he's complaining about tough questions. Like the moderator's giving him tough questions. I'm sorry, you're applying for the most important job, arguably in the world. 
you're going to get asked tough questions. You can't complain about it. How are you going to handle negotiations with Iran? Do you think Vladimir Putin's going to go easy on you? If you can't handle a couple questions from the moderators, how are you going to handle? You're going to handle foreign policy and other right. leaders. Not a, none of that. You're going to handle Congress. Interviews from the media in general. You know, when yeah. Barack, you can there's videos on the internet of Barack Obama where he is trying to make um, addresses to Congress and people boo him. They just he can't he can't even mm-hmm. speak. He'll just start getting booed. Like, what are you going to do in those type of situations? You know. Are you just gonna stop talking? Like there's like there's questions now that you're not allowed to. He's told press like you're not allowed to ask me on these questions. You can't do that. Like you're pretty much neutering the press and then complaining that there that there's a liberal bias there yeah. in the media. Which, which makes me wish that the press would just kind of like unite and be like, okay, well if you guys don't want to answer these questions, then none of you sh- will show up on our shows then. Which they won't do because it's money. It's all about ratings and money. That's why that's why CNBC caved to Trump and Carson's right. demands. Which, in their defense, we looked that up as well. The original runtime was two hours. Yes, and Donald Trump claimed that it was not going to be. But uh, any ideas of it actually being shifted, uh, extended, basically went out the dip, out the window from Trump and Carson from from their letters that they wrote to them. Yes. Um. So I think that's enough. I think that's enough about uh, our boy Ben Carson, right yes. there. Um. Kind of want to talk a little okay. bit about Bush and Rand Paul. Um, we spoke a little bit about Bush already, um, in terms of yes. his uh, trying to uh, attack Marco Rubio, but overall, both Rand Paul and and Jeb Bush. Um, Sounded very, very different. They were both in the bottom two as far as time oh, went. Like Rand Paul was acting like he didn't yeah, even want to be I there. I forgot that Rand Paul was even there because he I forgot that Jeb Bush was there. <laughs> we, we were watching it, and they would both talk, and I, I would turn to you and say, Jeb Bush is still here? Yeah, I thought he just walked off the podium. Pretty, I would not have been surprised. They, they, I think this is... They both need a strong performance. What is the next debate? The 10th? Yeah. They both need a stellar knockout performance next debate to keep their donors happy and secured. Otherwise, their campaign is dead in the water. There's no way. Um, Yeah. And I, for one, I I had a lot of confidence. There was a lot of promise in Rand Paul. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. like arguments and information being spewed up there he probably was the best one if, if you just go based off what they said so if you're just looking at it on a piece of paper Rand Paul probably had the best stuff to, best stuff to say on stage but just the lack of yep. energy just the, you can just see it in his eyes that he didn't even want to be on stage he's only up there because they told him to quit and he said he wouldn't quit that he said he'd fight there through the end so I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the debate or Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush didn't even seem like he wanted to be up there half the time, especially after the slapping around that Jeb Bush gave him. I mean, excuse me, Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio. Yep. Um, no, like if if they don't do well in a couple of weeks, they're they're gone by Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know well, what type of turnaround you can get before the primaries at this point. I don't know if it's going to be anything substantial enough to even. 
be worthwhile. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I think that's gonna be the end. This is pretty much it's it's winding down. I'm thinking that it's probably gonna be the end for Jeb Bush and Rand Paul coming up. Um, so who else? Do, who else do you want to talk about? That? I know we don't got we didn't really do too much fact checking into every, we couldn't do a lot into everybody up there. I mean. No, we didn't. We pretty much focused on the big, the big players. I, I had a hard time caring either. I would like to point out that we, we did some, some research, and it was, it took 36 minutes into the debate before all the candidates had a chance to talk. Huckabee being the last person to talk. 36 minutes. That's ridiculous. It was 30 minutes in, and four of them didn't even get a chance to speak at that, at that, by that time, at least. Besides their opening statements. Yep. So that's un- that's unfortunate. I. Which if, no, go ahead. Which speaking of thirty minutes in, Ted Cruz was the one who got to use his thir- who um was ending at the thirty minute mark, and he used his first question to grandstand. He was complaining about the questioning on his first question, ignoring the question entirely. Used it to bash the Democrats. Used his 60 seconds to complain about the questions the moderators had asked the other people. And then once his 60 seconds was up, said, oh, you don't want to hear my answer? You don't want to hear my answer? And the moderator pretty much said, you used your 60 seconds to do yeah. something else. And he and he got a roar of applause for saying that the moderators were being biased towards them. You used those 60 seconds to talk about something else and then got upset when they didn't let you talk yeah. more you have no right to right. complain which we did we did we, we watched it the second time and we kind of kept a tally of the things that we really didn't like from the moderators or the candidates um i'm gonna go mm-hmm. through the things that we didn't like from the moderators and then i'm gonna have you go through the things that we didn't like that we didn't like from the candidates that's fine so first thing that we did not like from the, from the moderators was um i did not have a problem with the majority of the first question that they asked Trump, but I did have a problem yep. with how they said that. Is his presidency a comic book version of a presidency? Which that's insulting yeah. to anybody. Yeah. Like, if you ask anybody that, are you doing a comic book version of this? That's insulting no matter what you right. ask it. Exactly. Twelve minutes into the debate, they already lost They already lost control. It was already a skewed fest. Um, I think a big part of mm-hmm. that was, uh, was John Case. Basic comments at that point. Yeah. Um, when we start talk, when he started talking about this is the problem that he has with Canadian Ben Carson, ben Carson. like that. Yeah, in terms of his his uh, tax his tax plan and stuff like that. And also because Carson wanted to cut Medicaid and Medicare yeah, and Social he Security. That, that was a wrong thing to say to the to the elderly who paid into the program who weren't who didn't pay into it. They had the money taken from them, put into the program. They did. Um. The next thing is telling Jeb Bush, you're on the fifth electorate, and this shows how far you've fallen. The fact that they started off that question, they started that off, that whole question is just a negative. Like, you were number one, to, you were to number one, belittle him. and now you pretty much dropped all the way down to the middle. Um, you've fallen. Very rude thing that they could have said. Yeah. Well, how, how do you feel about being in fifth place? Like, what kind of, what kind of question is that? Right. Next thing, moderator interrupts Marco Rubio's rebuttal on his tax plan um, from the federal from the foundation of 
the foundation that was from. That was like, like the tax foundation. I think um, that's what it was. Very rude. He didn't even get it. Now, granted, they had some they had some really good information to hit him back with the rebuttal on, but the fact that they didn't even give him a chance to finish his entire statement. Yeah. And they, they interrupted rude. him. Um, not a very tactful thing to do. Toe ran. He couldn't follow. He want, yeah, because he wanted to get an unta- a tax plan question, and he said, "Oh, can I, can I talk now?" And Becky Quick said, "Sorry." He he said, "The moderate." Yeah, yeah, he. Yeah, he said said so and so got to talk. Why can't I talk? Like oh, because because, you know, we pretty much yeah. decide. It was pretty much like oh, you're even lucky yeah, to be pretty here. Pretty much like we don't even want to talk to you, but we gotta ask you one or two questions so that it's not too obvious. Um, yep. asked Huckabee if Donald Trump had the ability to unite the country. Which was another, hey, do you want to take with, a swing at Trump? At, yes, which was an opening, hey, attack Trump. Which Huckabee did a very clever job. He did an attack Donald Trump, unlike how he probably would have been the first or second debate. Because, like we said earlier, the strategy, it seems like everybody's strategy, strategy at the moment was don't talk about Donald Trump so he can't get less talking time. Um, okay, and then, yeah, he didn't and talk then there much. was the last point that we know, that we, uh, We've seen where um, what was Chris Christie talking about at that time? Chris Christie was asked. It's about energy, about climate change, and how how Chris Christie knows things like climate change. This and that, and how is he going? How is he going to make it everything better? And he was talking about it, and Harwood said, "Is the government going to pay for it?" And Christie said. Do you want me to answer my question, or are you going to answer it for because me? even in New which, Jersey, we consider that rude. Yes, yes, which, that was, that was rude. I also think it was, a, this is necessarily rude by the monitors, but it was a stupid question. Fantasy football at a presidential debate? Like, let's get, like, yeah. really? Fantasy well, football? Back in 2012, they were asking people, they asked the people on stage in 2012, I don't remember what network it was. But they asked him, yeah. who would you pick, Elvis Presley or Johnny Cash? Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, why are we asking questions like this? Who you would care. I could care less if you liked either of them. Yeah, and, and if they want to talk about Other, stuff like that in intimate interviews, like, I don't care. But you're going to do a national debate stage talking about how you're going to make this country better. Why are we talking about regulating fantasy football? Right. Which, if, just so you know, so, I think, what did he say? He's 7-0 and oh, or whatever. Ah, who cares? Oh, yeah, I died a little bit inside listening to that. So, now, but however, the moderators weren't the only ones that were rude. Um, and yeah. Some of this may not be particularly rude, but we weren't a, we weren't a fan of some of the stuff that this candidate had to say as well. Go ahead and pass it along to you. Yeah, they pretty much they interrupted the moderators quite a bit. Becky Quick, especially, they tried to talk over her. They got really hostile towards the moderators really quick. Some stuff was justified, others not so much. Exactly. Uh-huh. I thought it was kind of childish for Donald Trump to say that wasn't a very nice question. I know we brought that up already. Yeah. But again, you're running for the presidency. Yeah. Yeah, you're running for president. You're going to get questions that aren't very nice. How are you going to feel every time? A media outlet criticizes you. Well, we already know how he would feel when media outlets criticize him. He attacks those media outlets. Like Politico says not so nice things about him. 
he goes after Politico. Fox News does a Meg, the whole Megyn Kelly thing. I'm not going to come on Fox News anymore. Roger Ailes calls him. Okay, I'll come on. He's going to boycott Fox News again. That lasted two days. Like, if you're going to say you're going to boycott something, at least have some integrity and right. do it. But Donald Trump's is a rating machine. So they want him coming back on. People are going to watch. Like, I, like, that question wasn't very nice. But deal with it. Like, granted, it wasn't very nice, but just answer the question. Don't let it bug you. So, that irritated me by what he said. Same here. I wasn't a very big fan of that part. And then, like we said, Ted Cruz grandstanding for his, his time and then complaining he couldn't talk. That was ridiculous. I, I'm glad the moderators did not let him talk more. Like, What did he expect? You pretty much said that you're doing a horrible job and you want us to fight each other. But oh, but can I still talk? No, no, you're not going to talk. No, your okay, time's so up. So you want to go ahead and do this, this big old grandstand and look tough in front, in front of all these Republicans. Fantastic. Um, Which they eat that stuff up. After that, he, to me at least, he sounded like, he sounded like a child. You're not going to let me talk? You're not going to let me talk? Do you want to hear my answer? You don't want to hear my answer? You don't want to hear my answer? Like, we did want to hear your answer. That's why we asked you the question. You chose not to answer the question. No. So yeah, that irritated me. But other than that, people are saying, I mean, listeners may disagree with us on this. I don't think Ted Cruz offered anything of substance like, at all. He was just, after that whole first point, I just didn't care what he had to say anymore. He was just loud and angry after that. He didn't didn't offer, but I mean, he riled the base up. The base loves hearing about how biased and liberal the media is. You, you guys fawned over the Democrats at the last debate, which I think Anderson Cooper, which it's a different network, so it doesn't even, there's not even a fair comparison. Anderson Cooper was tough on those yeah. candidates. He asked them tough questions and made them answer. Right. There was yeah. no fawning over the Democrats. There were times where he was like, that's great, but that didn't really answer my question at all. Yeah, he, he held their feet to the fire, and I think they're they were so used to the last two debates where their free feet really weren't held to the fire. The first two debates were essentially, hey, here's some mud. Do you want to throw it at that person? And that's all they did the first two debates. Now they're asking real questions and holding them to their answers, and now there's a bias towards the Republicans. Right. Which, I mean, besides the points where we, were, like I said, where we felt like they were rude, I really didn't think overall that they were even asking that really tough question in general. No. Now, you're gonna like, like we said, you're the president. You're gonna deal with things tougher than some journalist giving you a tough question. That's their job. Exactly. Sure. Any other things that you want to go off of that part? I I do find it hypocritical a little bit that everyone is giving Rubio a hard time for not showing up for his Senate job when Chris Christie has almost 70 bills on his desk that need to be signed in New Jersey. Like, why does anybody give Christie a hard time about it? And it mostly comes down to Christie not doing as well in the polls now that Marco Rubio did, which people are saying that Christie had a good debate performance. He just looks angry all the time. That scout. And he, he, he was scowling a lot. Like I can't even believe this infidel is asking me questions. How dare you talk to me is what his face was looking like. And he was just loud and angry a lot. Like I used to like Chris Christie quite a bit and he's he's fallen from my from my graces. 
he'd be a lot better than some of the other candidates up there. Right, but that's not that's not saying they, much though either. No, the why are they? And also, why are the moderators asking John Kasich about marijuana? Marijuana. I mean, you could see it as an economic. Well, we're in Colorado. Yeah, you could you could see marijuana as an economic issue, but generally, like, well, why was John Casey the only one asked about marijuana? Why wasn't it asked for all the candidates? Why not call Ben Carson out and say he wants to intensify the war on drugs? That'd be a good question. Like, say, mar- marijuana has made X amount of money for Colorado. I'm not sure on the actual number. It's made X amount of money in Oregon. Wouldn't this be smart to legalize it? and tax it and make money off of it. That would have been a fine question. Not, I can't even remember what the question was. They just generically asked about marijuana. Yeah, why, why are we asking just John Casey? Yeah, they were talking about him possibly legalizing it to um, raise income for his his state. But I think I believe that his rebuttal was something along the lines of, I have a $2 billion surplus at the end of the year anyway, so I don't why, I don't why would do, I do it? I'm not under any pressure to yeah. Um, which he was right about that. Um, Ohio is doing pretty well. Um, now if that's in regards to fracking, like uh, Jeb Bush was, I mean, excuse me, Donald Trump was trying to attack him on. I don't believe that's the actual case. I don't, I don't think that was the actual case after I looked into it. No. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't jot down any, any notes on that exact subject though either. Michigan needs to legalize marijuana so we can fix these roads. <laughs> either that or at tolls. Yeah. Something, something needs to be done. They can't even get that taken care of, yeah. which we're not going to talk about that right now. Yeah. State issue for our out-of-state viewers, yeah. listeners. Yeah. Christy also dodged. I don't think Christy really answered any of the questions. Which this goes back to the beginning of the debate and talking about Christy dodging questions. Whether the first question they asked, which I thought was a stupid question, anyway. Anyways, I don't. I hate this question. What's your biggest weakness? We came up with what three people actually yeah, answered only, it. Only it was three of the candidates answered the question directly. Kasich, Huckabee, and Bush answered. Trump. No, Trump answered Trump. it. Trump. Yep, Bushick, Bush, Kasich, Huckabee, and Trump were the only ones that answered it. Everyone else was Rand Paul didn't even acknowledge the question. He's like, "This is what I'm gonna do," <laughs> and every, everyone else was. And yeah. Ted Cruz said. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drink beer, but I'll drive you home. Like, like it's it's a simple question. What's your biggest weakness? Right. You just answer you it. Give, you it's just us, make something you up. Give us the old textbook answer that you're supposed to give at interviews. Like, I just care. Too much. I work too hard. Like Marco Rubio said, I don't know if this is a weakness, but I think America is the best place ever. That's not exactly what he said, but that was essentially like, no, that's not a weakness. Like, why why like you're just using this to use your opening statements. Which they should have just had opening statements, which I think that was one of the things Carson and Trump complained about. The fact that um, the mainstream media is going to cater to those demands in general is pretty upsetting. Um, It is. Because if you're running for the, you know, for example, if I go, you know, basically what these debates and stuff are is interviews for the presidency. Well, right now, interviews to be a candidate for the presidency. If I go for yeah, an like, interview, I don't make the the fat. To my employer to interview me. I don't go, well, you know, I don't want it at your office. I'd like it to be in my dining room where I which, feel more comfortable. Let's, which, let's get serious. Like, you would you would say that we're the ones who are the interview. We're the ones who are supposed to hire them for the job, but 
We don't. These super packs are their bosses. Yeah, they're the they're their bosses. They're the ones saying pulling the strings. Which I mean, I give Donald Trump credit for that. He's the only Republican candidate who doesn't have a super PAC, and he went after those hard at the debate. Which one of the few times I was going, yeah, Trump, tell him how horrible super PACs are because they are. They're horrible. You want to fix a lot of the problems in this country? Get rid of super PACs tomorrow. Exactly. You know you hate. You hate it at times because, you know, Donald Trump is so crazy, but then you're like, oh, my God. And I kind of agree with the man on a, on a couple certain yeah. topics right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's one of the few things I actually agree with him on. Because the people who buy these candidates, they have a lot of money. They're businessmen. They're, they're not just going to throw money into these candidates and expect nothing in return. I think Carson got some money from some coal people, and then all of a sudden he's going on about how awesome coal is. Oh, the wonder when that started. I talked to some people, and they said coal was the best thing ever. Like, oh, you got a lot of money from these people, and you now you think coal is the best thing ever. Same thing with Marco Rubio. He's been the coach brothers will the coach brothers will say they haven't picked their candidate yet, but Rubio has been cozying up to the coaches. Right. Which is very annoying because pretty much almost the next day they're all like, "Oh yeah, fracking's awesome and Keystone yep. Pipeline. I love that stuff." I've been talking to people around the country, aka I've been oh, talking to David, David and Charles, and, uh, and they they wrote me a really big yeah, check. And that pretty much sealed the deal for me right there. Yep. All of a sudden, my mind, the light just came on, and I just, yeah, fracking's awesome. Let's do it all the time. If that's frustrating, I, I, whoever's in office in 2016, which right now there are only two candidates bashing super PACs, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton's not going to get rid of super PACs. Yeah, with Bernie Sanders, they're the only two that would. I don't know. I don't know if Donald Trump would get rid of super PACs, but at least it's nice to know. Granted, I don't want him in office for a multitude of reasons, but it would be nice to know, maybe not nice, that he's not being told what to do by some rich billionaire. Same thing with Bernie Sanders, which I, I Bernie's slipping. It's, that's a topic for another time. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll probably go over to the whole Bernie Sanders thing. And um, we did get somebody out there who wanted us to talk about Hillary Clinton. I uh, just want to reiterate that that'll be something that we probably will bring up after the, the Democrat debate next, uh, next month. Next Democrat debate. So we're looking at about sometime the following week. Not this come. Not this yeah, week, we'll be following week. we'll be doing some more research on Hillary Clinton's past views. Bernie Sanders has been pretty consistent his whole career with what he believes and what he wants done. So I mean, we can still look into Bernie Sanders a little bit. But since it's looking like Hillary Clinton will most likely get the nomination, we will look into her pretty substantially. I know they wanted us to look into Hillary Clinton's lies, which she's a politician. She's plenty of them. She's, she lies. She's been in politics for a long time, and she's got a few skeletons in her closet, a few lies. But I don't want to get too heavily into the Clintons and the Democrats, but it's something we talked about a few days ago. People keep saying that the Clintons thrive off scandals and all this heat and attention. Like, Bill's poll numbers went up even more after he lied about Monica Lewinsky. Like, I don't like that, that they thrive off scandals. If you want an outsider candidate for the Democratic Party, 
you, you should vote for Bernie Sanders if you want an insider who's got a lot of connections with Wall Street, who's slick and says all the right things and nothing's going to change. You can vote for Hillary Clinton if that's what you want your candidate to be. She's bought out by Wall Street. Hillary Clinton is yeah, bought out by Wall Street. She might represent Wall Street. Yeah, she, she'll, she'll be taking care of Wall Street before she takes care of you, as much as she says right. otherwise. Yeah. I mean, Easily for anybody That's, who's bought out, and the same is and the yeah. same is probably gonna be the same is obviously very true for for Marco Rubio. The only reason we were giving him praise is because of how how much of a grand appeal he had. Um, but obviously, he's easily bought out, just like the vast majority of the candidates yeah. are easily bought out. All these all these politicians are bought out by right. somebody. Um, so far, except and for except toxic. I mean, he doesn't need to be bought out. What's, what's that going to happen if he doesn't make the presidency? Oh, well, I go back to my cushy $4 billion job. Whoa, this is going to suck. Oh, such a sacrifice. Right. So is there any other, anything else in, in regards to the debate that you want to bring up, talk about? Um, talk about John K. talk about, you need to talk about Huckabee, but... There's not a whole lot on for if you like Huckabee, I'm sorry. There's just he's, I don't see his campaign going anywhere. If 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 Huckabee can't talk about the religious liberty aspect of stuff, like there's he, there's not a whole lot of substance there otherwise. At least Ted Cruz comes out with a tax plan and has has an idea of what he's talking about in general facets of various political but Huckabee's kind of a religious liberty guy and that's his big right. shtick. Do you have the numbers on the range from who had the most talk time? the least amount of speaking time? I don't have the most amount of talk time. We, we also didn't really talk about Carly Fiorina because she was number one. She yeah. talked the most. And we could, we, we can talk about her real quick. Pretty, she, a lot of lies on her end. She, she, a lot of lies on Carly Fiorina's yeah. end. And a lot of weird and, uh, in the dark. Her eight eyes. Yeah, Tom, Tom Perkins, they, they brought up that she was fired by the board. Now Tom Perkins is saying that you, know, you should be working here still. You'd make a great president. And the moderator came back. Becky Quick came back and said, yeah, Tom Quick said that if you make zero dollars, you should have zero votes. And if you make a million dollars, you have a million votes. And Fiorina came back and said, that's why we had disagreements in the boardroom. Like, yeah, but just five seconds ago, you were saying how great he was and how he should. And he's endorsing you as a president. And then three seconds later, they're saying, like, yeah, this guy's kind of crazy oh yeah we had disagreements with the board i think the craziest thing about her um leaving the leaving hp or being let go from hp would be more accurate is that their stock price went up almost immediate like no actually immediately after her announcement her being announced that yep. she would be kicked out of the company like yeah, that yeah. has a good a good indication of how bad of a job she was doing there that's that's and you know Republicans love talking about the free market. That goes to show you what the free market thought of her leaving. They thought it was a good thing. And I don't know much about Carla Fiorina, but uh, I don't know what else she really has done besides that. I don't think she's. I don't think she's. She. she I think she gambled. Not gambled. She had a four-way in politics a while ago. Lost. I think it was like a Senate yeah. seat or something. She lost, and she hasn't held been the CEO for a publicly traded company in over ten years. No, nobody wants her. She's, she's kind of a flash-in-the-pan candidate anyway, kind of why we didn't, which it's bad on us. We should give every candidate 
thorough analysis in time. Yeah. But, but when she was on stage in general, there wasn't really anything that really stuck out. That no, really caught my she, but she had the most talking time. I, I'm going through the talking list, and she had the most talking time. I'm like, really? What did she talk about? She just talks yeah, a lot. She gets, she's she, really she 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 stretches her time. She, gets, she talks a lot, and she really doesn't get cut off. She'll go over thirty seconds or a minute, whatever the yep. whatever the situation is, and they'll just sit there and listen. And hey, hey, please stop talking. We're done. And she just yeah, keeps talking. She just keep going. Okay, thanks for talking. So I think that's kind of that whole tough guy thing. Where she's trying to look, trying to look tough. Strong. Yeah. I mean, she started that. She did that. Back You're saying she's Hillary Clinton's well. worst nightmare. I don't think Hillary Clinton's worried about Carly Fiorina. No. 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 I mean, it'll take away, you know, her whole I'm a woman, you know, appeal. But if yeah, you vote in somebody based on gender, based on what type of sexual organs they have, you're you're pro- voting for all the wrong reasons. No. That is the main reason why you want to vote. She did. She did lie about the Obama's policies, taking jobs away from women, which which Ted Cruz also used that. Yep, which Ted Cruz made that argument as well, and those are both false. That women are making seven hundred. I think seven hundred thirty-three dollars less. Less. Uh, yeah. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight or twelve. One of the two. It was something. Under Obama, they've lost money. Is what you're saying. And both yes. those things were wrong. Women are actually in a stronger position than they were uh, originally at whatever time period they were going after. I, I believe it was at the 2008 aspect, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think we got everybody down now. Jeb Bush ran Paul. I guess it was good while you were here, but. Time to get out the way. I don't let, um. <laughs> Yeah, our, it's our, it's time just good friend Bobby Jindo gets some <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, Bobby Jindal, Rick Santorum. I couldn't even we couldn't even finish that kids table debate. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't no it was just two. Well they were asking like they asked stupid questions there too. What we asked, like what three apps to use in your phone the most? Yeah. What? Oh, oh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, oh, okay. Bible, James Bible. Yeah. New International Version Bible. <laughs> the Quran. <laughs> no one's gonna admit yeah, to that one, no. especially not Bobby Jindo. Uh, yeah. Not um. Yeah. Bobby's just funny. I really just want <laughs> give give him more chances to talk, cause it is definitely very entertaining listening to Bobby Jindal talk. I don't understand why those four are still running. Like they're pulling at less than one percent. There's no comeback at this point. It's it's done. You're wasting my money. You're wasting money, and you're wasting people's time. I don't know. I never. I forgot. Riding his bike. He's not doing his job in Louisiana either. That's not a. I. Yeah, they are just. I don't know who told them that it was a good idea to run for president. But it is you're wasting you're wasting your money, wasting your time. Try again later. There's always twenty twenty when uh 
when Kanye, when Kanye West, West decides to run. Well, oh my which gosh. Kanye West is obviously going to run against whatever party won the first party. Yep. Yep. Adam, that should be a fur. We'll have a fun with that in five years if we're still yeah, around. I think if we're not, we're coming back for that. Just, just. Oh yeah, a reu- reunion tour. <laughs> yeah. I know you guys missed this, but here we are here to talk about just Carson West. Carson West, twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it might look like Car- it may not be an option. Well, I think that's pretty much all we had to say so far today. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to say? No, I would just like to say we really appreciate people who listened to the first episode, and hopefully we took your considerations into thought, and hopefully this episode comes out better than last episode. And, um, yeah. Thanks for listening, and uh, you can find us currently on the Irrational Thoughts podcast on Facebook. Just type it into your search bar if you don't like us already. We will be starting a Twitter account soon, which we'll we'll let you know next episode, or we'll put it on the Facebook page. Uh, Please, please tell your friends, like and share our posts. Just we really appreciate your support and that you take time out of your day to listen to us. Yeah, thank you again. You can find us on the Irrational Thought Podcast on Facebook. I'm Dion Very Honorable. Uh, and I'm Matt Corser. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.